following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Let's Talk But No Politics Okay proudly dedicates all episodes to the loving memory of Constance Chirac, who was one of the biggest supporters of the show. And we like to say thank you for everything that you have done. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk But No Politics Okay. I am your host, Andrew Lenz, coming to you every Sunday on the BICBP Radio Network. And before we get into today's topic, here is a message from our sponsor. So, you want to know the story of Splatterhouse, the new horror video game for TurboGrafx-16? They say he stalks the old haunted mansion. They say he's looking for his girlfriend. They say his only weapon against the maggot-eaten ghouls who took her is a two-by-four. And you say you want to play this game? Splatterhouse. Only for the TurboGrafx-16 system from NEC. All right, so it is video game time here on Let's Talk But No Politics Okay. So that means that Matt Johnson is back and he has brought Grogu with him, as I can see <laughs> in there. I have. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Not too bad. How about yourself? How's Grogu doing? Oh, he's doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. I have the wonderful ability to record from my bedroom today because i invested in a 120 uh 125 dollar headset microphone thing so i don't have to be at my studio all the time did i teach you anything about married life you just told the full price of what you paid for that she doesn't listen to me so you sure you sure okay she only did okay hold on hold on let me reel this back she still doesn't listen to me <laughs> yeah, I can assure you that she does not care, especially about video games. You never know. Maybe she's spying. They do crazy stuff. Man. And if she, and if you are listening, Amy, thank you for listening to my show. <laughs> Just yeah. The one time I she listened to one of my eat sleep list, list eat sleep list episodes at one point, and um, yeah, it was it was something. It was something. Definitely uh, not the best feedback I've ever gotten from an episode. It, they really never do. My wife doesn't give you the best feedback either, but they don't appreciate you. They have no appreciation for the podcasting game, I would have to say. Uh, yeah, yeah. So today, they tell you that they do, but then they really don't. But yeah. let's move on <laughs> before we dig ourselves a bigger hole. <laughs> I was, I've been married for 15 years. My hole has been dug. I sleep in it. I have a sleeping bag, nice pillow. I built a whole little room just because that's how big of a hole I've dug over 15 years. Sometimes I poke my head out and then I do something stupid and then I get smacked right back down into the hole. <laughs> yeah. So we are, it's video game time. It's October. It's Halloween time. And it's talking about scary, spooky video games. Yes. Which one? I'm excited. You're excited. I, I know because you came... 
you came from this nice generation of better graphics and kind of where well compare i'm i'm a bit generation i'm atari 2600 nes type and where blood started playing a bigger part in video games kind of like when i would say as you're getting into a kid i'm more in adolescent teenage years as blood comes in but yeah i, I see what you're saying i i think that's where the biggest difference because if i gotta think of a of a scary game when i was a kid i can only think of three off the top of my head uh i'm very friday, curious friday to the 13th these are ones i've actually yeah played. that's a good one friday that's the lj that's the ljn one right yep where it looks so like where you go, you, Jason's holding you gotta, like, Yeah, you got to turn the corners and try and fight them and all that stuff. It's it, it is intimidating. Doesn't help that it's a very difficult game. Doesn't help that the game is impossible to beat. But um, but that is a good one. When I retroactively played that, I, it did give me the chills a little bit. It is scary walking in to save a kid. And you turn, you're you're scoping the corner because it's almost three dimensional in a very weird sort of way. And there's Jason running, moving side to side with like, uh, like he's doing the the high step a little bit, or he's like chopping his feet in a football drill with the with the with the with, the, with his little machete thing. Did you ever get to where you had to fight his mom's head? No. There's a part in the game where I, you fight his mother's head. That's pretty cool. I beat Jason twice. I beat him twice. And then after that, it wasn't so good. I was low on health. They kept killing my counselors. It was, uh, it was, see, those games were, that was more about the, the, the gameplay than the visuals, I think, from a scariness. And, you know, that, that's, that's, that's how art works. That's, that's how art works. And it, it worked very well, very effective. Uh, we got Nightmare in Elm Street which has a cool cool thing of collecting Freddy's bones and you get to go into a dream world and it cycles back and forth. Then you fight some weird body parts of, of Freddy. That was one. And then I think the biggest one, and I think it's more around monsters, but I think it tries to set a scary mood. And it would probably back then, but now it's like, I could play this at any time of the day is Castlevania. I never got much into Castlevania. I definitely didn't play the nightmare on Elm street one, but uh, Castlevania, I did have, I have played bits and pieces. I did have Castlevania 64. I didn't get very far into it, but, um, but yeah, nightmare on Elm street. That's just such a good era of video games. I, I, you know, they're not the most highest regarded, uh, video games that were ever created but you know just the, the how cool it was that they could spit out games like that mm-hmm. you know it, it's as, effe- as effectively as they possibly could nowadays it's a process right uh, video game creation is a process but yeah nightmare on elm street i've seen video of it you know it just it fits that era those are but castlevania was always i think that was more like like you said about friday the 13th it was more of a visual thing. You're walking up to Dracula's castle. And it's the first kind of one where you actually see a character walk up, look at it, and you go in there. And now you're fighting, obviously, bats and these ghouls and everything else. And then you start fighting 
Frankenstein and Medusa's heads and Dracula, and it's it's a little bit more old school. I wouldn't say horror, but kind of yeah, horror scariness to it than than probably the one that you're definitely going to mention right off the bat for you. Actually, you're going to be surprised by the one I mentioned right off the bat. I think you'd be surprised. So the very first game that scared me ever, it was a Rugrats game. What? Okay. Yes. Yes, it's a Rugrats game. There is a, there was a level in the Rugrats game where Tommy Pickles had to go down to the refrigerator and open up the fridge for lights or he wanted to get a snack or something. But there were ghosts that popped up in the house. Okay, I remember my my dad rented this from Blockbuster. There was these ghosts and no. There were ghosts that 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 were they kept popping up in the house. You had to use your flashlight, but the flashlight had limited battery. So I used to play this in the dark and I could not I, I did not finish this game because that level scared the crap out of me as a seven, eight year old kid. I, I actually pulled up like a visual of it. It's Rugrats Search for Reptile. Yep. They used to scare the piss out of me. At seven and eight? Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Mortal Kombat kind of, if you played it late at night, kind of gave me the. MK never really gave me that, gave me that scary vibe. I mean, some of the voice acting did. Some of the voice acting gave me that scary vibe, but um, I, I, yeah, I never got the chills. I never got got really scared from Mortal Kombat. I, yeah, see, I want to say I got I, I got freaked out. Some of the guys would freak you out, especially got into like two. And we yeah, would, my fr- we would play it at night, like like midnight, one or two sleepover type stuff, and then after that, it's it's kind of you hear the noises outside. This was like downtown niagara falls so you hear noises outside and you're playing mortal Kombat, and you're looking at a guy like baracus or something like that or smoke and you know it it, it gives you a little gives you gives you a little case of the willy sometimes just a little bit no i know you're going with it i know you're going with that here's one that's that that was kind of creepy when i was younger and still is sometimes this day uh it's an atari 2600 game Adventure. You got it spooked over adventure. The silence creeped oh. me out. <clears throat> and then when you're navigating through the maze and you think you escaped like one of these, like one of the villains, and it's still chasing you. It, it could cross like the, it's like crossing over through the maze lines and stuff like that. That used to scare me. That used to that like I know this is a very mild introduction to this is a very mild introduction to games that scared me but it did it did i i it, it as a young as a youngin it definitely it definitely did because yeah there was no music you're just kind of traveling through it's easy to get lost in adventure mm-hmm. and you got these ghost creatures that can hover and float and all that stuff and yeah but trust me but the, these aren't the scariest games i've ever played but I do appreciate a good, I, like I said, I do appreciate a good scare, like a really good scare, especially video games. Movies sometimes, you know, uh, I, I can't handle some some of the movie jump scares, but video games, there was nothing better than being like in the 90s, early 2000s, 
sitting in your basement in the dark, blanket around you. Maybe you have a cousin or a friend over and you start, you start getting, you know, you play like a Resident Evil game, right? Those are, that's, that's my easy go-to. Resident Evil games are, are primo, primo scare games. So it's, what was it? Resident Evil 4. I was a, I was an adult with a child and my friend would come over and we wait for my daughter to go to bed. So she was probably in bed by 7 30, 8 o'clock. She'd be racked out. So we we're like, okay, let's play Resident Evil 4. You know, you do the simple take turns, one person die, hand it over. Yeah. And we would play that with all the lights off. And we played until like midnight, two o'clock in the morning. Cause then I was like, oh crap, I'm a father. I actually got to get up with this child. This child doesn't understand that I've been up all night. So I got to go to bed, but we would play it. And there were certain parts where we were genuinely freaked out. Like there was a couple of times where we just stopped it and we were like, you know what? We're good. I'm, I'm going to go to yeah. bed. You're, you're, he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to go home. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I'll uh, talk to you tomorrow. And that and that was it. It was especially when the little kid came out and started talking, or all of a sudden the guy's heads would explode. Yeah, and the things would come out, the plagas. Yeah. RE4 was the very first Resident Evil game that I bought, played, and completed. Then I retroactively went back to the other ones. But RE4 was the very first one. I bought my dad like was not big about letting me play rated M games because well, I was rated M for mature, understandably. So even though, again, it's very mild compared to a lot of uh, rated M games today, but he let me have it. I think I was in eighth, ninth grade. And I brought it over to my cousin Nico's house for his birthday. And uh, we stayed up all night and played it, took turns. Um, oh, the chainsaw Ganado. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, the, the cool thing about it was like, the, you know, Resident Evil 4 was very open. Like the, everything was kind of open. The, the environments were open. It wasn't like Resident Evil 2 and 3 where you had v- relatively linear mm-hmm. as far as like environment wise goes. Like there was hallways or there were, um, you know, or a, a, a room that, you know, there's objects in the way. It's, it's relatively linear. But RE4's environments were massive. Right. When, as soon as you get to the village, you can run around it. You can run straight through it. There's all sorts of different, you know, there's buildings that you can kind of go into. And, you know, that was crazy because if you got yourself in a bad spot and got cornered, you were done. You were done. Or if you weren't running fast enough, like I can't tell you how many times I'd run past the chainsaw guy, turn around because I think I'm clear and he's right there and he just takes my head off. The monster in the water got us the first time pretty good with. I'm not going to with a jump scare because you're just oh, yeah. walking and you're walking and then out of nowhere, it's like, and then you got, I think you got to hit a certain button to run or something like that. We played it on the Wii. So it was kind of cool that way. Oh, I and, love the Wii version. And you're just going and there's this giant monster chasing after you. So you got the jump scare, the adrenaline's running because of the jump scare and you're just going, 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 going. And I think we, we, I think we died the first time because once again, we're playing it late at night. We're adults. We're working people. <laughs> and like I said, with the, I had a child and then all of a sudden you just get caught up in that whole entire thing. And you're like, Oh my goodness. 
and but after that first initial jump scare you get into it and you're like oh okay now i gotta uh now, now i can think about what i have to do and get back into video game mode instead of kind of in this movie mode that we were in before right right yeah yeah those get some big big jump scares i mean obviously it's a lot easier now but yeah that, that game had a lot of a lot of good jump jump scares the the boat one was pretty crazy the boat game the, the boat level was pretty crazy but yeah that was a neat one when you're staying late for i think it was my cousins let's see i was in ninth grade just a year younger than me probably his 13th birthday we had a video game night and he just sat there and and it was just literally all night and then we couldn't wait to wake up and play it in the morning that's how good it was one of those little teeny tiny room box tvs that was the best yeah but yet i mean i I was i was very glad and fortunate that you know i was able to kind of go back in time and play those original resident evil games Mm -hmm. re2 was 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 pretty crazy you know the first time i played it again i I didn't play it for the first time until 04 05 and this is six years after it came out and they did a good job those those early Resident Evil games in retrospect did a good job of playing to their strengths, right? The music, the, the, the graphics, you know, um, and they did have some jump scares. Right? The, the monsters looked terrifying because the graphics were so bad and the sound effects, right? I, I, I'll go right, like, I, we can get done with this episode and I can go on YouTube and find all the zombie sound effects from the first three Resident Evil games and it'll give me the chills with how good that they presented it. Mm. But there was a lot, I mean, conserving ammo and, and you know, like Mr. Mr. X Tyrant walking around and, and all this stuff. I was glad that I got to go back and play those games after RE4. Um, so. I, I've only played the first one and the fourth one. And I remember when the first one came out and my friend brought it over and we played it and it, it, did, it did give you the chills because it was something different. Like, as you were saying, the conserving of ammo, not just going through blowing everything, not just saying I'm going to, you know, run and gun through this whole entire level. I'm from the age of Contra and stuff where you can just run and gun through a level and oh, I'll pick up more ammo later if I have to. In some games or some games, it's like, oh, you got this gun. That's unlimited ammo. But to see how they did that. And then the different camera angles, because we're this is kind of the first 3D polygony type game that you could actually sit through and play with in that horror field there. And I right, I, I really enjoyed that one. Another one that's a shooter, and I and I never thought of this as a horror game as I'm just kind of like looking things up, but I loved as a kid, and I played this at night, and I could and I could get it because there was some cr- I wouldn't say scary moments, but some creeped out moments for me is I had Doom. <laughs> Super Nintendo. Doom is a good one. Yes. Yes. Doom, when those monsters come out of nowhere, and it's another one, like you said, where you if if you run out of ammo, you gotta kind of run away. But then all of a sudden something could be right on you. Uh it's a little bit more overpowering. I remember love getting the chainsaw and just cutting the crap out of people. <laughs> it just chainsaw them, but that's another one of those ones where it's very, I want to say it's, it scared me, but it, it was creepy at times. 
depending on when you played it. And also, I could say the same for Diablo. If you if you played, I didn't play Diablo. That was PC, right? That was PC. Yeah. See, we. You probably would have played it if it wasn't for our graduating class ruining everything for you at <laughs> the new <laughs> high school with the laptops, because that's how I played it. Oh, you played it at school? We, we, well, we, I didn't have a laptop, so I would just go to Media Play, buy whatever mm. games I want, load that into there, and then I would, could still have it for later on. So we were playing Diablo, Diablo 2 right in school. You guys didn't have I that. I did luxury. see. Yeah, we definitely did not have that luxury. Um, we definitely did. I had kids in my sixth grade. Uh, I say next to the kid in my sixth grade science class. Excuse me. At LaSalle Middle that I uh, had Diablo. And he always had like a strategy guide or something. He was always bringing books and showing it off. And uh, and and yeah, so it, Diablo was pretty cool. Doom was, I like that you brought up Doom, especially with that, the first person shooter like that and with, with the way that the graphics are, mm-hmm. oh, is it, it was impeccable. It was, it was really, really cool how, how scary that was, um, you know, turning a corner, getting fired upon or getting shot on by something you didn't see. All those early first person shooter games were actually very, very, um, they were pretty scary. They, they, they were pretty scary in their own respect. And yeah, yeah, I I didn't play Doom until well, the Niagara Falls High School used to have, give out laptops, but all the kids would do was just download MS DOS games or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically like uh, oh, what are they called? But you're basically just downloading the game, so to speak. Yeah, you're you're base emulators. You're basically just downloading the game and they play it. And I I found remember I found Doom and uh, I played the crap out of it. Played the crap out of it. They kept putting in. There was like a cheat code or something you could think you could put in for the armor or weapons, or you put in codes, and I, I just popped that in all the time. But uh, yeah, great, great, great game, and it gave a lot of jump scares. Gave a lot of jump scares. I just remember it was cool because I had a red cartridge, which was only I believe Maximum Carnage and uh, Doom were the only ones that I can remember with red cartridges, and then oh man. Playing, playing it late at night, listening to music, and then you got to keep the music down because I didn't want my mom to be like, "Why are you doing still playing video games?" So I kept the music low, but and just going through and hearing the roar, and all of a sudden you go a corner or you open up a door, and then there's one of those monsters right there, demons. Uh, Doom was Doom was the best. I miss Doom so much. Oh, for sure, for sure it was. Um. Man, I'm trying to think of some other like classic ones. Uh, zombies ate my neighbors was like a fun perspective on 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 zombies and stuff. There were times, there were there were several scary moments getting chased down. Um, there's the chainsaw guy in that one too, because I just yes, I, I played it about a year ago for a let's play on YouTube. Okay, yeah, it's a it's a good one. It's definitely a good one. Um, in that regard, Splatterhouse is pretty good forgot about splatter house until you brought it up <laughs> that game got that's so much flack when i was growing up did, did it really oh not like by the parents because of what it was like the splatter house for i think uh was it turbo graphic 16 and i think it came out for something for sega as well 
they did have a Sega version. That is correct. Yeah. And that was up there with uh, probably another game people might, you could probably say it's kind of spooky and creepy is, but that was right up there with Night Trap where parents were like, don't play this game. Oh, it's horrible. Don't, don't, don't touch these games. They're bad for kids. And I remember it was Splatterhouse and, and Night Trap. Never played Night Trap. I played Splatterhouse. I was at a Hills <laughs> when Hills oh, was around. And I remember walking up to it. And this is like, I was with my dad and he was like, I'm going to go shopping. I'm like, dude, I'm, well, I didn't say dude, but I was like, can I go over to electronics? And I would sit there and play the demo. And I played it. And I can't even tell you how old I well, Let's see. It came 80. I was probably older. I think I was almost 10. But I remember playing it going, this is like the greatest game ever. The way that you just beat the crap out of this stuff. The blood. Uh, getting like a shotgun and everything else. And just destroying things. I was like, this is the greatest game ever made. That's all I was thinking. Now I have a different perspective. But I was of like, how can, how can I get Splatterhouse? But it got a lot of crap when I was growing up. The Splatterhouse and Night Trap. I remember those were the two where certain parents were like, no, you're not playing these. My parents were like, don't become a weird serial killer and you can go play whatever you want. Right. Yeah. That's uh, not too much to ask for, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. A lot of the, I mean, I, I've talked about Manhunt, I think, pl- plenty on the show. Uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't know about it. What's it? Manhunt, the one with the cameras, and then you do the special kill. Oh, yeah. Them. The executions. Yeah. I don't think we've ever talked about Manhunt. I talked, I must, I think I talked about it on Eat Sleep List then. Um, uh, my God, is this game, like, that, that game was terrifying. I was not allowed to play it for a long time. Very, very long time. And I used to watch my dad. My dad didn't like me watching him play him play it, but I used to. But that game still gives me like a like a big time fear, like huge fear. Like there's like anxiety when you play the game. Oh. You know they, they did. Rockstar did a fantastic job with that one with the, the music and the characters and the reactions and the weapon. It was like like the psychology of the game is is it was like impeccable. It was so masterfully made. The first one, not the second one. I don't like the second one, but uh, the first, yeah, the first one was so well done. I've bought in that game so many times over because I either lose it or I upgrade to a new console. It's Manhunt is a top. We just did uh, Eat Sleep List, my favorite video games with my brother. Um, the episode came out today at the time of recording, but it's it's a top ten game for me. It's it's a top ten game for me all time. That's how good, you know, it, it, they were. The stealth aspect. You never know, you know. Oh, do I go out there? Is there two people? Is there? You know what I mean? Is, is how many people are out there? If I go and take this guy out, is there somebody going to be watching? Um, and I got to run away. And they did such a good, a fantastic job at just instilling fear through all six. I think it's sixteen levels. I think it's sixteen levels. Very good job. Uh, instilling fear in, in the player i love the cinematic cutscenes for certain for the certain kills oh yeah that's what drew me into the into this game was the fact that you hit around a corner 
and like you said, the stealth in a lot of games, you got to be stealth and you're like, okay, I'm not going to do anything like Navy seals is nothing, but some levels are nothing but stealth. And you're like, I, I just want to like shoot somebody in the head, but I can't, I got to play this stealth game. And then all of a sudden you get into uh, manhunt and it's like the stealth pays off. You hit around this corner for so long that you put, what was it, like a board with a nail in it or something? It's been years since I played this. Board with a nail or something, and it goes right through the guy's head. But you get the craziest weapons, though. Nail guns. Yep, you get, uh, like, some of your... I don't think it was a board with a nail. You got a blackjack, a baseball bat, a shard of glass, a knife, an axe. There was, I mean, there were so many weapons you can execute people with. A crowbar... That was cool, um, but the cool the other th- cool thing too with that game was you could set up these you know you could set up with these um, you know some of these trap weapons like you could throw a brick, you could throw like an enemy's head, you could you know you, there was these trap weapons you had to make noises to kind of lure hunters into it, and it was well it was just very like I said it was very very gruesome, um, but it holds up well to this day. It pales in comparison to the violence of video games. I would die if they remastered Manhunt. I would be enamored if they remastered Manhunt and put it back out. Mm. I, I hope to God that they do. I feel like it's like it. I haven't heard anything, but I feel like it's one of those games where they're going to have to at some point. Okay, the way that oh excuse me, excuse me. I, I I just feel like it's it's like that time the time to do that. I do. A lot of Rockstar's old properties have been brought back, right? At some point, I think they did a, a Max Payne recently. Um, I love the. I heard something about another bully, but Manhunt just dropped off the face of the earth. It, the second one came out; it wasn't nearly as good as the first, and it just they just ignored the property because how controversial it was. And oh man, I would if they modernized it, I would lose my shit. I would lose my mind. I. I could only imagine what they could do with that today, considering they only had, it was the PS2 or Xbox that right. we're talking more console stuff, but uh, that it was released on and just to see. Yeah. To be able they did to, do PC as well. Yeah. But just to see what they could do, how it become a lot more graphic than what it was. A lot more. I would love to see it in VR. I don't think I could handle that. <laughs> right. Well, hey, they're redoing Resident Evil 4 in VR. That's going to be crazy. That comes out later this in the middle of the month. RE4. Did you see the video of it? No. Go check it out. It's good. But man, if they did Manhunt in VR, holy Christ. That would, that would be, oh, God. I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine. <sighs> That would be that would be the game. There'd be, there'd be some kids knocked out or something. Oh, probably. Like, I'm not gonna lie. As a father, while playing the Wii, they they walked into the danger zone when I warned them, <laughs> and that's all I'm gonna say is they walked into the danger zone when I warned them. So, I could only imagine what VR would get into. <laughs> oh, for sure, oh, for sure. Uh, let's see some other scary ones. Did you ever? 
because uh, <laughs> I got a list here. I was just looking up like top fifty horror video games, and they have some of the Arkham series listed. I could. I, I would, yeah, I could see that. Because uh, I was thinking the same thing that I could see, not so much horror or scary, but creepiness. There was a certain scary factor. Did you play all the Arkham games? Yes. Okay. I played the first one. I played the first one, and I could definitely see where there's a there's a scary, creepy element to it. Because I just and I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, you know, I could get it. I could see that. Probably the most recent really creepy game I've played, and I'm so far behind, considering a lot of things, is Bioshock has got to be one of the creepiest, weirdest, scariest games I've ever played, but yet the story is so good. It is. And But when you see the weird, tweaked-out people looking to... Uh, I don't even know, like, pretty much they're getting high off of that stuff to get powers and stuff like that. And then you see those big daddies go by, and then the one the the one splicers that climb on the walls and stuff like that, and just hearing the creepy voices in the background, I gotta say that's probably one of the creepiest games that I've ever played. Another one, and you might laugh at me as we get into more re- more recent stuff, is have you ever played Bendy or Bendy? No, I have not. I have not. Okay. This is one of those things where my kids were watching a YouTube video and they were like, Oh, you should check out Bendy. And I'm like, I'm not going to check out Bendy. So finally one day I just want them to sit and I'm like, sit, watch TV. You can watch whatever you want as long as you sit. So they get me watching this Bendy. It originally came out on steam. I want to say steam and they'd only release a chapter at a time. And we watched this chapter and the story of it's so cool. And then they just, they ported it to consoles maybe a, three years ago, to like PS4. So pretty much as you're this guy and you're going back to this old animation studio that you worked at, but okay. it's, it's kind of haunted. You don't know why you're there. And this creature bendy kind of looks like a demonic mickey mouse is coming after you and chasing after you the whole entire time and you got to find certain, you got to find certain clues uh avoid certain enemies and stuff like that so you could complete this game to see exactly what it is but the jump scares and everything in it is pretty amazing and the way that you got to run away from certain things you got to run you got There's the demon bendy, I believe it's called Ink Bendy, and you got to run and you got to hide from it because you can't really beat it. Interesting. It, it, yes, it's very, it's very interesting, but it's also very good. And I'm probably m- murdering the story like there's nobody's business. <laughs> but you, bendy. <laughs> yeah. I gotta look that one up. It's like this demonic Mickey Mouse thing, and we've watched. I watched before it came to console. Uh, we watched on YouTube. It was like the one thing where I was like, oh my goodness, there's a new chapter of Bendy. We got to watch it. And there was only certain YouTubers I would like watch it for that. I would be like, kids, you can watch to this guy because I knew he wasn't going to talk all the way through it. Oh, that's and were, creepy. And they weren't going to, oh, it's, it's a real. Bendy in the ink machine. Yes. Yeah. I don't like that. Yes. Bendy. In the <laughs> ink machine. I think there's only one time you get a gun. 
Uh, you got to make choice. You make a choice at certain points and stuff like that. Um, there's Boris the Wolf, who's like the goofy character. I forgot what the angel's name was, like Angelic Angel or something. There's one point where you get captured and the guy's just like sleep, 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 sleep. And it's like so creepy. I play it with the kids at night just to creep them out. <laughs> and then, of course, I do the little like pretend like I'm scared and go, oh, <laughs> then they jump. So. But that is probably, those are probably the two most creepiest games I've played recently. It does sound creepy as heck. Uh, I got a couple other ones that I wanted to touch on. PS2, I think it's called The Suffering. I don't know if you ever play The Suffering. No. It takes place in like a giant prison. And there's all sorts of like mutated monster things. Uh, There's these monsters, what are they called? You don't you get like the electric chair and you end up getting electrical powers or something? Something like that. There's like these characters that like these enemies, they have like swords for legs and swords for arms. It's very slayers. Like there's a lot going on. There's a lot, definitely a lot going on with this game. It's there's the fester, like it's just giant like monster that swings a ball around. It it it, it was pretty crazy because prison is a scary thing first and foremost but um you're trying to like amass with all these other survivors like prison survivors and 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 battle but yeah you're fighting all these mutated creatures i did play it a little bit and it was uh it was it was quite a lot to take in um let's see what else oh we can go iphone games right we can talk iphone games what about five nights at freddy's i no not for me i don't know I didn't get it as jump. Did you get scared by it? No. I kind of, I think I played it because the kids were like, hey, can we play this? And I was like, yeah. And they were around me and I'm like, okay. It, I wouldn't say I was scared. It, it's, it, it has a creepiness to it. To me, it that was. scared the crap out of me. It was. Never, dude, the, the graphics were messing me up. It, it had more of a creepiness value the way that you would check the cameras. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you'd see like what's his name? I want said Fozzie Bear, but that's not his name. It, it's Freddie, right? Freddie Freddie Fozbear. It's that Yes, that, yes. Know. Okay, so Freddie Fozbear would be like in the camera or the the chicken thing would be in there. And I'm actually sh- I'm actually shocked it didn't scare me the most cuz I Chuck E. Cheese was like everything when I was growing up. So if you were going to Chuck E. Cheese, it was pretty amazing. And I was the kid that loved the the animatronics. So I would just like sit up there and watch it. And I'm actually shocked right. that it didn't scare me more. Yeah, that's that's what that was the factor that got me the most, I think, is the Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese scared the piss out of me when I was a kid. Scared the crap out of me. Those are good times. Chuck E. Cheese scared you. I'm I'm scared very easily. I'm not gonna say so much now as an adult, but as a kid, I was, I was, I, I got scared very easily. That's why I didn't watch horror movies. Now I watch horror movies, like when I did the, I just did, at the time of recording, it was like a week ago. I did a re- ranking the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and I ranked them as if they were an actual movie instead of just like the horror value on it. And a lot right. of okay movies, they're not great movies. 
So I think that's where, as I got older, I was, it sounds crazy, decipher more between reality and if it's really going to come and get me. But That's relatable. Yeah, that's, I think now, now the, there's not too much, there's things that will creep me out, nothing too, nothing too scary. I kind of go through like the Bill Parcells thing, like, you, you know what I'm scared of? Spiders. The IRS. <laughs> that's <laughs> my wife. Yeah, yeah my wife. <laughs> those are the ones. Those are probably. The, I I don't know. I think if I actually sit down and immerse myself into it a little bit more, like if I could actually sit down at night, like when I played when I was playing Bioshock at night, my kids would be all sleeping. Then I'd get a little scared and creeped out. But I think that's because it's night, it's silent, and there's not as so much noise going on in the house. Like, I know if I, I'll hear YouTube playing in the background in one of my kids' rooms, so now I got to go turn that off. But once I turn that off, it's a different story. Now I'm getting a little, now I'm getting a little freaked out. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely feel the same way. Definitely feel the same way about that. So did you, I didn't know this until later on. Did you know that actually the first horror movie game ever was Texas Chainsaw Massacre on the Atari 2600? No, I didn't. Yes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween both had video games. Hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you just walk around and you kill people with your chainsaw. And you got that was con- probably considered super violent back then too, right? Yeah. And you just go around, you kill people with your chainsaw. If you see the graphics, you're like, come on, what is this? Halloween, I think it came out in 83. So it was around the video game crash. And you just play, I'm guessing as Laurie Strobe, and you have to go around and guide little kids from, from one room to another so they're safe. But those are the first kind of horror movie video games ever it's interesting i mean it makes sense the it was the the atari was pretty lawless back oh. then like as far as what games they can make like i know all about their pornography games um <laughs> you know there's there's a lot of there's there's a lot of layers to like what the atari could do but yeah they definitely uh you know there was no esrb there was no that it doesn't surprise me <laughs> excuse me that those were some of the first uh you know uh, those games came out for the atari back then it, it doesn't surprise me they, they really did push some boundaries um way back in the day here's one were you ever freaked out by mario and castle scenes um the I music don't know I'm if i could say that i don't know if freaked out but were you ever kind of spooked or like wow if this is in the right atmosphere this might be kind of creepy yeah, I could definitely, uh, I could definitely attest to that. The castle scenes were a little bit. The music didn't help. No, <laughs> the, the music de- aspect definitely didn't help. So what, what would make, what, what three things you think you need to make kind of like a great horror game? Um, that would be timeless. So say you're even making it for the NES all the way through, and you could kind of remake it, but you got to keep the same three things for every remake okay so i think so if i have to think of three things 
I would say that music is one of the most important factors in, a, in a, any, any horror game. As I touched on, like for some of those early day ones, the music was, you know, the music sets the mood, right? Music is like a really incredible thing that can, um, it takes us up, it takes us down, uh, literally. It, it, not even just horror video games, but just in life. Like that's how the power of music, it's, it's pretty amazing. So a good soundtrack that, that is flexible, that can adjust to um, certain you know, environments, it can adjust to you know what's going on in the game. I think that the music is one of the most important factors in, in creating a good horror or scary game. Uh, the second thing, environment, definitely, definitely environment. Um, you know, the, I, I like gritty, grungy stuff for my horror games. I don't like stuff too clean cut. Like even like as much as I put over like res, the original Resident Evil Two. You know, the bright lights, all that stuff, uh, it, get, it didn't seem as, there's some intimidating stuff, no doubt, but I didn't really get a full, full-on scare from the environment until Resident Evil 2, when the lights were out in parts of the, the police station, or you could, there's visible like blood smears and stuff all over the floor. That's definitely like, this. that's the, the second, that's the second one. And, and the third one, you got to feel like you're actually like trying to survive. Like I hate these, some of these scary games that just load you up with like ammunition and health and, and all that stuff. Like it's an actual, like creative decision that you want people to struggle. Resident Evil seven. All right. Resident Evil seven. I know I always go back to Resident Evil. Resident Evil seven was one of the best horror games I have ever played. It was first person. Um, Ammo was limited. The music was good, but ammo was incredibly limited with Resident Evil 7. That is also available on VR. But I played it for, it was one of the first games I played when I bought a PS4. And I, 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 I highly, highly, highly invite you to watch, go see, watch game clips if you've never played it. They, they did a very good job of making me feel like you had to survive. Okay. Um, you got to be conservative with ammo. It's easy to just make any, you know, a scary video game, right? You can throw some zombies in there and everything would be good. But man, when you start running out of ammo and you got to rely on things like, like a knife or your fists or stuff like that, that's, that scares you. That scares you when, when there's, again, the, the, the ammo and health thing, I think of the, uh, the most important, some, another thing about the enemies, you can make anything scary. You can make any. I mean, look at this, this bendy that you just showed me. It's a very simplistic, cutesy thing, but it's hor It's horrifying because of the survival aspect, right? There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you can make anything scary if done right, but you need it, the need to survive that, that feeling that, Hey, um, I can't just go out here guns blazing adds a, as a certain, you know, intimidation factor to it. I'll tell you like, Another example of that is Resident Evil uh, 2. And again, I, I, lo I love referencing this. Uh, the first time I played through it, ironically enough, the game came out the weekend my, uh, I got married. The day, the day before I got married, two days before I got married. So I was playing in the hotel room before. But I was more scared of it when, I did not, when, when the ammo had to be conserved versus when I unlocked all the unlimited ammo weapons. Like the scariness factor. 
went away. It's again, it's a psychology thing. So um, those are my three important things, environment, music, and I guess uh, limited health and ammunition, just a a real feeling of survival. I like, I like that one. I, I agree with the other two. And then I guess it kind of goes in there. It's, it's story. Why are you there? If it is something with an enemy, why are they doing what they're doing? I don't know. I'm very big into story, as like I said, with watching the horror movies. Just give me the who, the who, where, what, why, and how. And I kind of want to. I kind of want to be immersed in there, not only with the with the environment and the music, but in the story, and see if it's almost can be semi relatable, but not too. Not too far fetched. I know when we talk about Resident Evil, you can probably go, "Well, that's that's too far fetched." Sometimes, but sometimes you wonder, is it? You know, is it? In the words of you know Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance, and I know that there's been <laughs> things where people are like, "Yeah, there could be a chance of that." So I think that's the biggest thing is is the story of what happened. How did something get out? Why is a family the way that they are? Uh, why are you there? And I think Resident Evil 4, I, that's probably the one that I've played the most, really does that. Is you're this guy, you get dropped in the middle of nowhere, you're in this little tiny place, and all you're there to do is rescue the president's daughter. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you unlock all these other secrets going on in this place and you're like oh my goodness this is this is nuts so i think that's <laughs> that's what kind of helps me through a game is a great story no i uh i i most certainly i most certainly agree good storyline has to it has to navigate well um twists and turns all that stuff like uh really pull at your heartstrings like you know if you think you uh you think you're getting out you think you're done and then something happens right yeah helicopters coming in to save you oh wait no it got blown up that sort of stuff that's it yeah all right well i think that is a wrap if you got anything else you want to discuss or um i think i think that's it we we mentioned a lot of video games today a lot of great horror video games a lot of you know just scary moments and stuff that i wish i could um, I'm gonna have to revisit definitely at some point throughout this uh, throughout this month. But thanks for having me on, as always, dude. Always great to talk. Uh, always great to talk video games with you. No problem. And if you wanna, you are the network master. <laughs> so if you wanna plug the network, plug one of your shows, go right for it. Okay. Um, yes. So yeah, like I said, I, I have way too many podcasts, and. Uh, I have a lot of podcasts, very proud of them. I'm mostly proud of the people that come through the podcast precinct and everybody who's been affiliated with me at the network. Uh, make sure you go check it out, BICBP-radio.com. That is our website. You can hear all of our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, uh, Google Podcasts, Audible, and uh, now on Facebook. A lot of our podcasts are showing up on Facebook. If you go find our, our page, BICBP. Uh, radio network on facebook you can listen to our podcast on facebook as you are navigating through your um social media feed so uh very very proud of the growth of the network we're adding you know we've added a few shows this month 
which is uh, keeping me busier than ever. But I'm proud, man. I'm happy. I'm delighted. I'm proud. And uh, yeah, just uh, keep supporting your podcast. Keep supporting your local artists, um, whatever they may do. And 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 yeah, help the little guys out. Seriously, that's all. That's my big. We're getting to that time of the year where small business is like, you know, it's important time to support small business. I can't say enough how how important it is to uh, to go and support small businesses and people like you know you and I, and uh, uh, people like you and I who who just want to be something more than you know what we are. So that is true, and you're doing a great job with the podcast precinct and thanks buddy and the network you know taking that over chris left it in beautiful great hands i would have to say ah i'm trying i'm trying i don't know if i'm always doing the right thing but i'm trying i don't know if i'm always doing the right thing but i'm trying as long as you keep like i tell you with anything as long as you keep in the core beliefs of what the brand is and you stick to your beliefs as well you're doing a fine job and I believe you're doing Thanks, buddy. I, mean, I believe you're doing that with everything. And also, we're proud to be affiliated with the podcast precinct here on Let's Talk With No Politics Okay, and also the BICP Network, where you can catch new episodes every Sunday. And Matt said, too, uh, go right to the Facebook page, because there's great content. And like you said, there's right up there. It's uploaded right up to the... Let's talk with No Politics Okay, No Politics Okay Facebook page. So you can listen right from there or go to the website uh, for BICBP-radio.com and then also Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, everywhere. Also check out the YouTube channel for Let's Talk with No Politics, Let's Talk with No Politics Okay. And also remember to check out bonus episodes every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Helium Radio Network. And with that being said, good morning, good afternoon, and good night.